Okay, you guys. Hello. Happy Saturday. Hope you are enjoying your weekend and that it's an eventful one. And if not, doesn't have to be eventful. Hope that you're chilling and that you're doing whatever you need to do to wind down. I really think that's an important thing to prioritize on the weekends, us being working professionals, many of us. And if we do not take intentional time to rest and decompress, then the our life is going to eat us up. I did not learn this until much later in life. So take that from me and I'm only 27. So to be completely frank, I'm not in the mental capacity or emotional capacity to be doing a Devo right now. And not just Devo, but anything. I just don't feel like doing anything right now. And it's not because I'm tired, which is usually the case. It's The fact that I had an interaction with somebody and I don't need to get into details about that, but it just put me in a bad mood and it made me feel bad about myself. And, you know, from, I guess, all these years of having been treated a certain way when, okay, I sound like I'm just talking so mysteriously, but that's just, it's not necessary, you know? to like give you all the details but after you've been treated badly in a certain way when that similar feeling that you felt in all those experiences get triggered again when they arise and they surface it's almost like for me I experienced them all over again and it's not only hurtful it makes me angry and it makes me lose motivation to do anything and that's exactly where I'm at right now I don't feel like not only doing Devo I don't feel like doing anything cooking cleaning and I I don't know why I am only able to think of domestic duties but I think that's because I already really don't like doing anything domestic and if I have to do them already in a bad mood then mm -mm, i will procrastinate and i'm not a procrastinator so if i procrastinate that means i'm not doing well and that's kind of where i'm at and i just want to start with that because i think when you go before god it's important to remind yourself that God cares about where you are. I grew up thinking that when I go before God's presence, whether it's doing a Devo, whether it's going to just pray, whether it's going to open the Bible and read, whether it's to worship, that I had to be at an emotionally healthy and a good place. And if I didn't, then I felt like I was approaching God almost inappropriately. And I don't know what it is that instilled that kind of reaction in me. Um, but I realized that about myself not too long ago that I feel like I have to be not only externally, but be internally well and sane and just perfect in order for me to go before God. And I, maybe I'm just thinking out loud right now and trying to figure this out, but maybe it's because I have this image of God, which I mean, is true. It's not wrong that he is pristine. He's so holy that I too also need to cleanse myself of any debris of emotional baggage of any negative emotions. And you know what I mean? Like I have to also just be completely happy and well and all that before God. And that is, that has, I mean, honestly been sometimes one of the 
most frequent reasons for why I didn't go before God. And that is a whole nother topic because why as a Christian you don't look forward to spending time with God. Um, that's a loaded <laughs> subject and maybe we don't need to get into that today. Perhaps at another opportunity. But yeah, that's kind of to circle back the lesson here that God does not need you to be in a certain state. God already loved us and saved us or, you know, gave us an opportunity to be saved when we were in an imperfect place. And Jesus died for us knowing that not all of us will choose to believe him and be saved. You know what I mean? So he already died for us, thinking of us at our worst. And so how much more messed up and how much more... I mean, how much dirtier spiritually or emotionally or whatever can we be before him? Like, and like God knows us already. Like, what's the point of trying to clean yourself up before going before God? Like, it's what? Like, he's unaware? Like, he, he had his like eyes closed while we were doing this, right? He knows us inside and out. So I'm reminding that for myself right now because my heart, the where, you know, where it is right now is just, I just want to go to bed. I just want to. <laughs> being the unhealthy <laughs> uh person that I am sometimes I just want to ruminate on this negative event that happened this conversation with this person and just want to replay it and just torture myself to sleep it's so bad I need to like not do that but that's basically what I want to do but here I am see this is why I started this podcast like I knew it would keep me accountable <laughs> and it would be good for me in more than just you know, like doing this consistently. So, okay. All right. I want to open us up with prayer. So please join me if you want to. God, thank you for, first of all, giving us the weekend. Really, really appreciate that. And I mean, yes, we are thankful for the job that you have provided us so that we have means to provide for ourselves and take care of ourselves. That's important. You gave us you know, each of us our jobs and we may not be completely satisfied with our jobs. You know, not all of us are in that place where we, you know, look forward to going to work every day. But you know what? You are a God of, you know, you're a provider and you, God, has blessed us, have, yeah, has blessed us with this particular job in this particular season. So, you know, even though we may not necessarily enjoy every day, Monday through Friday, or however many days we work from when to when, thank you for giving us a means of provision, yeah, for ourselves, and also the weekend as well, which is always well needed. <laughs> um, Lord, as we open up our hearts, or as we try to, please help us do that. You know, sometimes we want to learn from you and we want to hear from you but sometimes our hearts are closed sometimes we get into our time with you whether it's devo worship or bible reading or prayer or anything any sort of spiritual discipline we could just get into the routine of doing this and not be intentional oops sorry guys about the train <laughs> um what are people doing it's 1 a.m right now people are still coming back from wherever they were okay got distracted yeah but anyway god um at this time as we study a particular topic from proverbs today may you spill out your wisdom onto us into our brains and may we be able to apply 
what we learn. May we be able to truly take in and treasure the message that you have for us today. May we not just receive your word as, okay, just like a nice message from God. May we see your message as, you know, your holy word and your loving words for us. The topic is absurdity. I'm excited to see how that's going to go in terms of, (laughs) um, yeah, that being a loving message to us. But God, you reveal to us in your perfect ways. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys. So, yes, we have jumped back to chapter 1, verses 25 to 26. I don't think we've read this before, so let's see. Since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock mock when calamity overtake you. I do not know what the context is, but... It's just funny that specifically I prayed, God, allow me to feel your love. (laughs) And this is what I get. Okay, just as like, okay, I'm not coming from the place of defending God because God needs no defending. But it's just funny. I have to clarify the way that God speaks in the Bible sometimes sounds harsh, sometimes sounds yeah, just like rough and unloving. I felt that way reading many, you know, verses and books in the Bible. But I think it's, at least this is what I remind myself. Even somebody who loves you, even in your real life, could be saying things a, sorry, saying things a certain way or saying certain things because that is the best way to communicate to you. Maybe you're the one who's hard-headed. Maybe you're the one who really needs to hear it in like a stricter tone. And I think at the end of the day, this is what I remind myself. If I remind myself of God's heart, which is ultimately a father's heart, right? Like we are his spiritual children. Um, Then I think no matter how certain words are said and communicated and used could be interpreted in a loving way too of course like god himself even though he's a god and everything he has emotions he has feelings too right and so we might not be able to see god in a humanized way we might see him as just this like almighty lord figure who's sitting up there and want nothing to do with us and is ashamed of us creatures every day like that's not the picture at least i have of god or although sometimes like in certain lows in my life i do just grab onto that image of god but yeah like i do believe that god is more loving than he is you know onto like punishing us and he's i think only he only punishes out of his you know, quality, just quality, uh, value, I don't know, of justice, I'm trying to find the right word here, but this is what I've been taught, this is what I've experienced, God is a loving God, and I have to remind myself of that, really, I have to like shove it down, Um, you can't shove things down your brain, but I have to shove it in my brain, shove it down my throat, this knowledge, because I have a certain relationship with my dad and I've had a certain relationship with my dad and it does not reflect the heart of God. And so it's really, really hard for me. You know, I've I had one dad all my life and 
you know, I love my dad and as much as I do, we've had a lot of hard times in our relationship. So it's really hard to yeah, see God as another father figure in a different way cuz I've I've known my biological father first before my spiritual father. So this is really really hard. But mhm mm we have to remember that when some verses in the Bible sound harsh. All right, well let me read it again because with that disclaimer and whatever I just said out of the way, I forgot the verse. Since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strike you. I will mock when calamity overtake you. Okay, the topic is absurdity. When disaster strikes the foolish, wisdom laughs. Is this cruel? What do you guys think? It says no. Wisdom here is a representative figure and the laughter is not cold-heartedness but a way to convey the absurdity of choosing folly. Oh, okay. Do you guys get the difference? It's not the cold-heartedness but a way to convey the absurdity of choosing folly. So, oh my gosh, I have like the perfect word to describe this but it's in korean so this would be like oyopso you know but i have no idea what that is in english and i guess if you don't know korean then can't help me out here but <laughs> those of you who are my korean listeners let me know like what would be the closest english word or phrase to describe this um and then i could share that anyway yeah it's basically like you're not laughing at someone because you're happy at somebody's like misfortune based on their foolishness but it's like you're honestly just like shocked and surprised that something terrible happened because wisdom was not used in a certain context albert camus whoever he is argued that our hearts long for love without parting but a universe with god gives us only quote the conscious certainty of death without hope that seemed loaded the conscious certainty of death without hope what are we talking about this chronic lack of fulfillment camus called the absurd capital a absurd he saw life as one long black comedy of incurably unchangeably seeking things out of life that it simply cannot provide camus camus thought there was no god who is this guy <laughs> do we know him is he like a theologian oh no he thought there was no god okay he can't be obviously he must just be some author out there like a philosopher probably proverbs knows there is but it agrees that life without oh sorry life lived without god will bring futility because the things of this world cannot fulfill the deepest heart longings yes this reminds me of that bible verse from matthew or mark in the new testament or maybe we came across this yesterday or the day before. You know that Bible verse where it's like you try to find life and you lose it. Oh my gosh, this was yesterday. Oh my gosh, my memory. Okay. <laughs> so when you try to like find life, you lose it. And then when you try to 
find it, you lose it. And especially if you're looking in like the worldly places, you're definitely not going to find it there and you're not going to be happy. Oh my gosh, this was our conversation yesterday. Um, do you guys agree that life lived without God brings futility? Because the things of the world cannot fulfill the deepest heart longings. So let's think of all the things that people seek for. And honestly, the best example, as we have discussed in previous conversation, are the elements of the American dream. Money, success, reputation, fame, uh, relationships, good networks, connections with people, and can you guys think of anything else? Nice house. Well, that's money. Same thing. Nice house, nice car, right? Um, emotional connection. People are starting to value that a little bit more these days. Emotional, like deep emotional connections and intimacy with people, your friends and family and partner in your life. And I don't know, like, listen, just look at social media, right? Don't you see so many happy people with all of these things? And this what we just read doesn't it make you question okay they seem so happy that i'm like convinced so convinced but then this text says that life lived without god brings futility so even if you have everything that a person could desire in this world do they truly i mean i mean we can yeah like look at those instagram people but then also so many rich people millionaires even billionaires who have like committed suicide and died. And I don't know, maybe that's just because like they were in the public eye and something about that, you know, like messes you up, you know? But who knows? Who knows? You can never get out of romance, money, and accomplishment the fulfillment that only a relationship with God can bring. Let me know. I would love to know if you guys actually... Um, have experienced seeking so full on a relationship with God and how that worked out for you. I would love to know. See, this is why I really value and enjoy conversations with older people, especially when it comes to say like specifically a Christian context. Um, I really love talking to people who have been Christians for a long time. So usually they're going to be, you know, at least twice my age you know, in their 60s, 70s. I don't have access <laughs> to those people, unfortunately, in my life. But I remember I once did. I had a mentor who, when I was in college, worked with me for about a year and a half before, really sad, she passed away because of cancer. But yeah, she was a woman um, much older than I was. You know, she was like at a grandma age. And she... I learned, oh my gosh, just so much from just her stories and her walk with God. And it's so, it was so awesome that when she was my age, we were like the exact same people when it came to like what we valued, our personality, our temperament. You know, like we were both the type A, strong-willed, stubborn, really analytic, that kind of a person. And so she would tell me, oh, and we were just 
really big perfectionists and worriers as well. And we related so hard on that. You know, she would always tell me, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And that's where I learned the term. And I still am, by the way. <laughs> um, we were recovering like worry wart, like just everything. And listening to her stories from how she sought certain things in life and how she, you know, turned away from her worries one day and just started to look to God and how her life changed. I was, oh my gosh, every time she would share these stories, I would just not even blink, just staring at her for like <laughs> several, several minutes. I'm like, yes, please go on. Um, And it brought life into me. Every time she told me that when she looked to God, she was filled with peace. She was filled with you know, calmness, if that's a word, um, and satisfaction, ultimate satisfaction. And I craved whatever she had. And she challenged me to seek that. And I did. I think after that, though, especially when I graduated and became a working professional I lost it because oh my goodness the my my first job really messed me up it was like the worst job experience I've ever had and that's a story for another time but I basically worried and stressed so much that I just tried to keep you know keep myself alive there was no focus on God um and then that trend kind of continued not in a not in the best way obviously and where was I going with this again? Oh, yeah. So seeking those things. Yeah, my mentor taught me will never fulfill you. That was the big lesson. All right. So I had phases in my life before that even when I started practicing my faith seriously for the first time like on my own not because like mom told me to or pastor told me to which was summer before college um I kind of had this I kind of had this attitude of like just God just focus on God forget about everything else you know it's not like I was I was responsible irresponsible sorry in other areas of my life but I knew that I was the strongest in my faith during my college years and I saw it, just God. And did that satisfy me? I'm trying to think back. I'm trying to reflect. Because I struggled a lot in college too with certain things. Um, And I think I kind of lost sight of God during even those years when I would get really stressed about, say, schoolwork and thought, okay, I need to like put more attention and more time and more effort and more of my heart give more of my heart to my studies and whatnot and then when I was like having issues with people I would be like oh I need to give more attention and whatever on that and keep on putting more value but you know it was those moments when I just let go of all my worries and just directed my focus on God I still had peace and I remember my takeaway was God gives you peace no matter how many things you have in life, God gives you peace that no one else and nothing else can ever will. And that, oh, I'm kind of brought back, you guys. I'm kind of, have, I'm, I'm having a moment right now. I am definitely having a moment <laughs> where 
I lived that out. And I'm so thankful for that experience to, even though it's not my everyday now, like I had that experience and at least I have the memory to go back to. Um, And I know that I can access that anytime. It's just on me to go to God and, you know, give my heart to him, you know, fully. I remember my takeaway was, yes, no one, nothing fulfills my heart and gives me peace like God does. That has been true until today. I have not found anything, anyone that has given me the kind of peace that God can. And I have to be vague here because I cannot describe something that's so wonderful. You just have to feel it for yourself. And this challenges me sometimes. You know, I got to be honest, like this memory, this reminder, this takeaway, you know, this lesson that I had in college. This challenges me being at the age that I am now where like, you know, I'm at my prime time for being in a relationship and then eventually getting engaged and eventually getting married. I think like, you know, people rave about finding your soulmate. I'm going to put that in quotes, (laughs) quotation marks, soulmate, whatever. And that this person is so fulfilling. This person is so awesome, whatever, you know, fill in any adjective, right? This person like, yeah, like fulfills my life sort of a thing. But then I always challenge like, no, but God gives me that. Like, can a human really do that? I haven't dated anyone at least that has made me feel that way, you know, because I mean, it only makes sense. We're humans, right? How I mean, there's only a limit to how much you can expect from a human. But yeah, like when I see people talk about their partners and they're like, husbands and boyfriends and whatnot i'm like really like is that relationship so much worth it more than god because at least i don't know i would want to ask a serious faithful dedicated christian like does your husband can he give you the same kind of peace that god gives you can he give you make you feel the same amount of fulfillment that god fulfills for you right And then like, what would the answer be? I'd love to know because that's a mystery for me. And I don't know, like even for me, when I think about my future spouse, I don't think that person could do that because he's not God. And the amount of satisfaction and fulfillment that I felt that I've experienced before in God, I remember half thinking there's no way somebody else could feel that. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be even be a romantic relationship. It could be a really good friendship. It could be a relationship with your mom or dad. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, it's divine peace, okay? I think let's distinguish that. It's divine peace. Okay. I just got really passionate about this. All right, let's move on. So life in a world without God will indeed feel futile and absurd. And okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> so I kind of deviated, not really. And I'm gonna deviate again because I just wanna keep talking about it. And this is what I do <laughs> I told you guys that I'm gonna be very raw and very just literally exactly how my Devo session would be if I were to do it with God without you guys listening to it. So this is basically what happens, you know, even when I read the Bible, I'll read something and then something like some word or some phrase 
will trigger a memory, trigger a thought, and then that's what I explore. I just like take a hiatus, <laughs> take a really, really long break, and then milk that moment <laughs> and then come back. That's what happens. I don't usually just like breeze read or fast read anything and then go back. I know I've done that on a few episodes, but I just like to take my time because it's the journey, not the destination. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So life in a world without God will indeed feel futile and absurd. The expectation of the righteous ends in joy, but the hopes of the wicked comes to nothing. I think a couple minutes ago, I asked a specific question to the Christian listeners of this particular episode, and I want to know. Now, to you non-Christian listeners, how do you guys feel about it? I genuinely want to know. Like, I don't have that many non-Christian friends, and it's not because I avoid them. It's just I happen to find people who share my deep values and so you know just naturally that's how friendships form right like nothing discriminatory here because i think that's also um a perception that non-christians have that like some christians kind of disassociate themselves with non-christians and just like flock to all their church friends and you know what i mean just kind of look down on non-christians like yes i know what you mean if that is the way you think and I do think there are some Christians like that out there but I mean I just want to clarify that's not me but anyway I want to know for you guys who are non-Christians listening to this entire message right now where are your thoughts I'm really curious if I had my non-Christian friends I would ask but yeah like when you hear this are you offended are you in disagreement and if so what makes you think that and i also want to know was there anything that was read out loud on this text and what i said that made you think differently i would love to know i need to have more faith-related conversations with my non-christian friends but it's hard because religion is such a touchy subject and it doesn't have to be and I love talking about religion, um, not just like my own, but other religions. But I don't know, at least the people that I've talked to about religion, they just like, I noticed them tense up. And I'm like, do we have to tense up? Like, why? But you know what I mean? Sex, religion, politics. Those are the three topics you don't touch, right? Ugh. Anyway, it's boring when you just have small talks all the time. All right. So. Are you experiencing frustration and futility, even a sense of meaninglessness? All right, you guys, let's look inward. <laughs> let's do this. Is there something in this world that has failed to satisfy? What can you do about that? That's a deep question. Okay, so let me read the questions again. They always like to ask too, as if like one of them's a follow-up. Are you experiencing frustration and futility? Even a sense of meaninglessness. Is there something in this world that has failed to satisfy? And what can you do about that? Okay, so I could share a few examples, but I'm going to just share one. And you guys, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here because I'm challenging myself, okay? I had an episode way back in September when I talked about how making yourself uncomfortable 
is a good thing to do on a regular basis. Don't do it so consistently because it'll just lose meaning. You know, you making yourself uncomfortable and taking yourself out of your comfort zone. You do that way too regularly. You're just you're just abusing yourself, right? So don't do that. But I do talk about how creating friction in your life and how doing things that you know, make you squirm a little bit. That's a good thing that grows you and that makes you more courageous. You know, it, you know what I mean? It does that. So I'm doing that because if I shared an easy example, th- that wouldn't serve me. I'm just storytelling and that's fine too, but I like to challenge myself. So yeah, to answer this question, I'm going to talk about relationship. Okay. So right now I am single. I am not dating anyone. And I mean, I have gone out on a few dates, like in the past couple months but you know i just told you i'm single so you know where i'm at (laughs) um and i guess when it comes to the frustration and futility and even a sense of meaningless that i feel meaningless feels a little extreme i'm not like there but yeah this is an area where i definitely feel that there's a lack in my life especially like considering that a lot of people around me my age are either dating are engaged or are married i personally don't know any friend who has kids so you know not there yet you know but yeah as a person who's not even in any relationship even in an early relationship i do feel like i'm not like complete and i guess that's a sign for me to work on my own confidence a little bit more because i shouldn't have a person to make me feel whole you know what i mean you should always feel whole in yourself and as a christian with god in your identity as child of god but obviously i still want a relationship um and here's where my frustration comes in my frustration comes from i mean i do have some guys that like me and i do also obviously have guys i like but i have not yet met a guy who i like actually liked as a person not just because i was feeling lonely and wanted company but i wanted the person for that person i've actually met that person once like at the beginning of college and (laughs) it was so bad this is a whole story because he liked me first but i hated him i hated his guts and then what do you know things happen and then i start liking him and then when i tried to initiate and i was like hey so one day you know i called him up and i was like hey can we talk about our relationship and (laughs) literally he was like what relationship (laughs) and that was that (laughs) But I remember that was the only guy I've ever liked him for who he truly was. Not just because he was like hot and he would be a pretty accessory to, you know what I mean, have around me and like brag about and like post on Instagram about, you know, it wasn't superficial. Like I really liked him. He wasn't even all that attractive. It's just I loved his heart and I loved his love for God. I loved his kindness. I love how he cared for not just me but other people too. It it was so consistent. So anyway, yeah, that has still been the case. Like I've had crushes on people and, you know, like even now, like when I see a cute guy or a nice guy, I'll obviously take interest, but uh, I don't know. Like I've never had 
that similar feeling about another person and I don't know I guess even with the relationships that I did have not that you know I've dated so many people but I always felt like they were in the relationship more for themselves than they were in it for me and you know of course like relationship goes both ways like you are in a relationship to also meet your needs and also to be there for the other person but I think for me my particular experience was I felt that they were yeah like more focused on getting what they need more than serving me and oh I mean don't get thrown off by using the word serve but like I think when you're in a relationship and especially like if you're a guy like you should have like you know I serve my queen kind of a mentality it's nothing like princessy so relaxed but you know of course like a girl like you know expects and likes to be treated well and courted well you know and if girls don't have that standard like they don't not they're not really respecting themselves but anyway I hope that doesn't cause too much fire it's just honestly my thought and I always felt like I could sense when guys were in the relationship with me for themselves more than me. And it was such a ew thing. It was such a turnoff because I almost felt used, you know, because that's so selfish. Like, oh, I'm just like a convenient part of fulfilling your life goal of being in a relationship. Like that takes out all the romance, like romantic stuff right away. And also another thing that I felt about the guys that I've dated is that they were pushy about physical or sexual intimacy on top of me feeling used to just like have a relationship for the sake of it so obviously at that point I was like okay oh is this what relationship is about or am I just meeting all the wrong guys I don't know but yeah even like you know like not too too long ago like literally I felt used by a friend like a guy friend who made moves on me and when I asked him at one point like hey do you like me I just needed to check you know like if you're not gonna say it I'm gonna bring this up okay I don't like when guys do subtle things I'd really rather you be direct because that's the kind of like man and just people I respect in general and then he basically said no not in a no no but in a roundabout way but then he continued to initiate like touching and stuff and I was like oh my gosh am I just a sex object to you um and then on top of that like years ago like when I was in college I had this married man like not that I was dating him but you know we were close we worked together um, I had this married man who tried to touch me and did while he was, oh my gosh, like he obviously had a wife at home and then had a daughter, you know, a young daughter. And he was, you know what I mean? On top of that, like a well-respected man in the community. So, oh my gosh, just after experiences and experience like that, I have just lost respect for men. And I know there are good guys out there and there are men in my life that, you know, I'm not interested in, but I do respect you know based on what I know about them and what you know people in their lives tell me about that you know those people but yeah here's kind of where my frustration comes in it's like am I ever going to find somebody who actually likes me for me who I am and not just you know for my body or not just to meet their life goals and 
even if I say one day find a good guy, will I be scared and run away because I will feel like all the good stuff that I see before me is a facade and it's just gonna, it's a matter of time until the quote unquote real side shows. And I'm just setting myself up for disappointment. That's my frustration because I can't figure that out. And I mean, based on my dating history, <laughs> have not been choosing the bright people, apparently. So you know what I mean? Of course, I self-reflect and I'm like, maybe I am the common denominator <laughs> in some of these instances. But even if I self-reflect, I just genuinely know that I'm doing my best in whatever relationship I get into and that I'm still just as scared and worried, right? Like even if there is a connection with a good man, will I be able to receive that? You know what I mean? So, oh, it's just a frustration. And also I just like worry. I'm such an independent, autonomous person, also very introverted. So I wonder like how well I'll do long-term in a relationship. Because I remember even when I broke up with like my first, I, uh, were we even like boyfriend and girlfriend? No, because I had this weird rule <laughs> at that time because it was my first relationship. I was very new and I was very conservative, I guess. I like um didn't i told him like oh i'm not gonna like official be go official with you until like my parents approve i know like so like i read the 1920s um but then so he said he would have asked me out but then he didn't because i told him that but anyway so i wouldn't call him my boyfriend but the first guy i remember that i that we broke up um i remember like that night i just splattered myself on my bed and I was like oh my gosh I'm free because <laughs> he would you know text me good morning every day and you know I was talking to him for a couple months at this point and of course at first I love that I was like oh my gosh someone thinks about me so early every day blah 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 but then like weeks in I'd be like what do you want <laughs> you know just constantly needing to know what I'm doing where I'm going who I'm with and you know it's not like he was annoying but I think it's just me it was just a lot of attention and as much as I like that the introverted me and the independent autonomous autonomous me was like oh my god this is a lot like I feel suffocated you know and then you worry like oh if I don't respond this person's gonna think I don't like him and it's gonna cause issues and then he's gonna start not texting me and then oh I was like why is this so hard <laughs> um so yeah I have worries in that department you guys and that's just me that answers the question what can you do about that I don't know <laughs> you guys have ideas let me know all right prayer Lord, older books and movies ended with good defeating evil, but today they depict life as dark and ambiguous with no happy endings. Dang, that's negative. Okay. Both views of the world are simplistic and foolish. You assure me that my life story will contain beauty and absurdity. Wait, really? You assure me that my life story will contain beauty and absurdity and will end in eternity. Oh yeah, because, you know, in this sinful world that we live in, we're going to see beautiful things, but also absurd things. But ultimately, the happy goal is that we are in eternity. 
Renew that assurance in me today. Amen. So I like this eternal perspective. I always like to think eternally because I know that as a Christian, my life, when I leave, you know, when I exit this place, when I exit this earth, um, it's not just like doomed to go nowhere. I do believe in heaven and hell. And I do believe that I am going to heaven. Although sometimes I doubt that, but I'm, I know I'm going to heaven. I just got to like <laughs> tell myself that. Um, so when I focus on the eternity, when I focus on, oh my gosh, like my life on earth is honestly a millimeter compared to the rest of the miles and miles of my love eternity with God that I have above. So yeah, I guess the topic of absurdity, the way that it resonates with me today is don't be so swept away by the absurd cravings and desires of this world that everybody else has. But Instead, be obsessed and focus on the eternity, aka God, because eternity equals God, at least for me. It would be very different if it was hell. But anyway, all right, that's it for today, you guys. I will check in with you guys tomorrow on the topic of complacency. And I also am very compassionate passionate about this topic so we shall reconvene. All right, guys, have a good rest of your Saturday. Bye.